This is the Point of Drew Podcast. Ruther's Point of Drew listeners, welcome back. We have an awesome episode for you today. Special guest coming at the end of the episode, uh, but we got a lot for, for you before we get there. Yeah, what's going on, Druther Nation? We're back. Uh, action-packed episode coming at you this week. Um, starting things off, as always, with Jersey Corner, but we'll be getting into a, a little NFL, uh, a little NBA offseason as well. Uh, as Woodzon mentioned, a, a special guest coming on uh, towards the end. Definitely. This is one you guys are going to love. This is an episode we've been really excited for. Um, so, yeah, we're going to dive into it. We'll start off with Jersey Corner. But, as always, a word from our friends over at Shug's Bagels. All right, before we get into uh, the show, I wanted to take a minute and plug Point of Drew's first ever sponsor, Shug's Bagels. Based in uh, Dallas, Texas, right near beautiful SMU campus, Suggs has truly got everything you want and nothing you don't need. We're talking loaded breakfast sandwiches on the best bagels, rolls, and wraps you can find south of the Big Apple. Not to mention a number of other delicious options like lox, chicken cutlets, and just about every smear you can imagine. Personally, my go-to is the spicy Shug. On everything bagel, add avocado, oh, You got your standard bacon, egg, and cheese, but add a hash brown and hot sauce, man. What a game changer. Getting a little little riled up even thinking about it, but but seriously, guys, this place has been on absolute fire, so go throw them a follow on social media at Shug's Bagels. Go check them out in person, um, right by SMU campus in Park City's Village. I promise you, you will not be sorry. They've got the point of Drew stamp of approval, Shug's Bagels. Go show them some love. They might just be the best bagel in all of Texas. Yep, you heard it here first. All right, we are back, Jersey Corner for the number ten jersey. Um, Barton, you want to start this one off? Who you got? Uh, throw out some honorable mentions to start with, but uh, who are the best athletes that have worn number 10? Yeah, man, crazy, crazy to think we're already at episode 10 here. Um, but as tradition, uh, we're going with the best athletes to wear number 10. A couple honorable mentions to, uh, to, to start off with here. Um, 10's a great receiver number in the NFL, actually. A, a lot of current active receivers, uh, Tyree Kill, to name one, our, our guy for the Chiefs, the, the speed demon. Um, and Tyreek Hill. You also had Deshaun Jackson, another speed demon, um, a legend for for the Eagles. There um, ran back that ki- that punt against the Giants. That'll I'll always oh, yeah. remember that one. So he's a beast of ten. And then, of course, our guy DeAndre Hopkins, who just came down with one of the more memorable NFL catches in my lifetime today uh, at the at the final buzzer. So D Hop, an absolute legend as well. You also had some epic college running backs. And number ten really isn't a big running back number, I would say, in football, no. but a, a couple to shout out here. Steve Slayton um, the, with the West Virginia Mountaineers, him and Pat White yeah. had it going back in the day. He was actually number 10, as well as uh, Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, uh, at Cal, also Rock 10, so a couple great college running backs there. And then uh, the sport really has has a n- number of players to wear 10, but soccer, um, there's, there's so many athletes, so many legendary soccer players who – 
who wore 10, whether it's Messi or Pele or Zinedine Zidane with the, the headbutt he put <laughs> on. A, a little bit of a famous for being a player and now a manager. Um, but soccer, 10 is a very heralded number, um, you know, one that many, many great players have worn. So all those guys deserve a shout too. And then, of course, couldn't couldn't resist not not giving him a shout is uh, Eli Manning, our guy. <laughs> uh, anytime we can shout out Eli, you have to. Two-time two Super Bowl champion, um, rocks the shit out of a pair of khakis, so figure figure give Eli a shout as well. Definitely. No one wears a pair of pleated khakis better than Eli <laughs> Manning. Um, but yeah, there's some good names. Uh, I came up with a list that, that had quite a few of those uh, names as well. Uh, definitely starting off with those receivers. Tyreek Hill for sure is on that list. Um, Cheetah. I mean, yeah, Cheetah, fastest in the game right now. Um, you know, Deshaun Jackson may have been the fastest in the game at some point. Uh, I always remember Deshaun Jackson that uh, it was one of the first plays uh, maybe of the, the season when uh, uh, Vic came back was with the Eagles and it was at, like that Hail Mary to start the game. Yeah. I think they were playing Washington. Loose. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh, and, you know, he walks backwards into the end zone. Uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson definitely played with a different level of swag than, than uh, pretty much anyone else that's ever done it. And then uh, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe the best in the game right now. Um, I mean, he mossed like three guys today <laughs> for the win. Uh, that's something you, you don't see. That's pretty rare. So definitely shouting out those receivers. Um, fun little guy that's c coming up in the NBA wearing number 10 that uh, – that I hope can make some noise in the coming years is Bull Bull. Okay. Want to see? Uh, Want to see Bull Bull make some noise in the number ten jersey? Um, but the the last uh, the last runner up I'll give you is uh, Walt Clyde Frazier, uh, the legendary New York Nick, uh, the two time champ, won it in seventy and seventy three with the Knicks. Uh, no one's done it in uh, in New York since, so uh, definitely a real legend there, Walt Frazier, Clyde. Uh, definitely gets a shout out for uh, repping the number ten well in, in the uh, the big city. Yeah, bro. The Knicks could definitely use uh, they use could use wall right they now. They could I use mean. anything they can get. Yeah, <laughs> really anyone. So uh, I like all those awesome stuff, man. Um, but my winner for the jersey number ten, best to ever do it. I got Vince Young. Yeah. Uh, the Texas legend, um, you know, didn't win the Heisman that year in 2005, but carried that Texas team to a title, which I think you could argue. Mm -hmm. I'm crowning Vince Young the Heisman and the best ever wear 10. Uh, the logic being that, um, you know, we maybe saw the one of the greatest ever seasons from a, from a quarterback in college that mm -hmm. year, but also more than anything, probably the, the game, that championship game against USC in the Rose Bowl. Um, maybe the single best performance of any college football player ever, so that's why I'm going mm -hmm. with him. Best to wear a 10. Single-handedly won that, that game against USC. and um, you know Could have been probably the call, the greatest college football game ever. It's, it's definitely arguable. And so was kind of the OG dual threat guy, the first ever college QB to throw for 3,000 yards. And, uh, or, yeah, throw for 3,000 yards and run for uh, 1,000 yards in one season. Wow. Um, and so the OG dual threat, Vince Young, uh, kind of got snubbed with Reggie Bush back in 05. And so we're going to crown him now on point of Drew here first. <laughs> Uh, Vince Young, my best to ever do it at number 10. Well, I love it. Vince Young definitely was, was something different. Uh, definitely one of the players I loved watching the most growing up yeah. uh, in, in college football. And, uh, you know, they stripped Reggie Bush of that Heisman right. in 05, so no one has it right now. They should now, kind of retroactively which, uh, yeah, I mean, it over to Vince. Yeah, they, uh, they shouldn't have stripped it from Bush in the first place. That was wrong. Right. But uh, if you're not going to give it back to him, give it to Vince. 
Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Vince at number ten. Uh, despite all that, horns down still. <laughs> yeah, get you there. Um, Who you got? Who you got? So my winner, um, a little bit just different of, of a, a way to put this, but okay. the winner goes to soccer. Yeah. You mentioned it. Uh, a lot of the, the greats uh, that, that have gone down in soccer history have repped that number ten jersey. Um, you know, Diego Maradona, Pele. Um, right now, repping it is probably the best of all time. Um, who I will end up nominating is my winner. It's Lionel Messi. Uh, you know, probably the greatest in the sport right now. You could argue Ronaldo, uh, but however you want to put it, three of the four Mount Rushmore guys in the sport wore that number mm-hmm. ten jersey with with Maradona, Pele, and now Messi. Um, and so I just think you got to respect that that number ten is something different when it comes to soccer and that sport. Um, so I got to give it over to Messi as the greatest to ever rep the number 10 jersey. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's a great shout. I mean, if we're being in all seriousness, <laughs> Messi's probably greater in terms of the magnitude of what he's done for the game of soccer and in terms of accolades and everything than, than what old Vince has done, not really, <laughs> not really making much of a splash in the NFL in terms of a pro, but... Uh, but yeah, I, I can't, I couldn't agree more. Messi absolutely deserves to be um, at least mentioned, argued for as the best ever wear ten. Because, uh, like you were saying, he he may be the greatest to ever do it in the game of soccer, which is um, you know more beloved as a sport than any other one around the world. So um, mm-hmm. the reach he's had, the people he's, built, you know, just the impact he's made on the sport and you know people's lives around the globe. Lionel Messi totally deserves a shout to. We're best to ever do it at number 10. Yeah, definitely a pretty uh, highly contested subject. Uh, who, who's higher in, in their respective all-time sport list? Is it Messi? Is it Vince Young? <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's... Uh, Jerry's still out on that. Yeah, album. we might hear, like, Skip and Shannon going at it. We might hear it on first take. Stephen A might throw out uh, throw out his take on it. A lot of people are talking about it. Who's yeah, better, I, Messi or Young? Who knows? Either way, that's who we have as the two best to ever grace the number 10 jersey. Um, So that's it for Jersey Corner. We're going to be right back with a segment on the NFL Week 10. Uh, A lot of fun action today, so we will be right back. Stay tuned. Sunday, hell of a slate. Um, a little bit of a weird uh, mix of morning and afternoon games uh, today. I think it had a lot to do with Masters Sunday, um, you know, happening as well today. So uh, the afternoon was a little bit more stacked. You had six games in the afternoon as well as I think five games in the morning, um, and so saved a lot of the, the better ones for later on in the day. But um, let's start with that morning slate, um, and, and let's start with kind of what we thought is the marquee game there. Um, the, the Panthers and the Bucks. What'd you see there? How, how'd that one go? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you're right. In general, it was just kind of a slow start to the morning. Um, the games didn't get off to a, to a hot start, which I think was intentional by the NFL, right. probably scheduling around the Masters. But, uh, you know, the, when it came to that Bucks panthers game, I felt comfortable with, with the Bucks. thought they were going to come out and play well. Uh, but they exceeded even that expectation that I had. Uh, that Bucks offense was rolling. Brady, um, you know, we keep seeing him go back and forth every other week. It's like, all right, he's back in the MVP talk. And then the next week, it's, oh, he's washed. And so uh, this was one of those MVP weeks for Brady. 
Um, threw for almost uh, like 350 yards, three touchdowns. Mike Evans really got rolling today. Uh, things looked really well. Um, things were moving nicely for that Bucks offense and a pretty encouraging game for them to, to uh, bounce back after taking a tough out of the Saints last weekend. 100%. This one was fully a, a bounce back game for Brady and the Bucks, and um, they back, bounced back with a uh, with a great performance, really, all around. I mean, the, the Panthers, are they're frisky, man. And Joe Brady, that guy's going to get himself a, and then, like a head coaching job here pretty soon because uh, mm. they've got a great play calling, great design uh, with that Panthers offense. They can score points even against what is a, a pretty good Bucks defense, and we're hanging around in that first half. But um, they ended up kind of getting rolled in the second half. Brady was, like you are saying, terrific, 341, three TDs, probably got his name back in the um, MVP race. He opened up the day at uh, plus 2,200 odds to be to, to win MVP, um, and so definitely made a, a, a good case for himself today. As, as you were kind of saying, there's been a few performances this year where he's he's really put his name back put his name back in the conversation, mm-hmm. um, and today being one of them. So a uh, great win, great bounce back for the Bucks, and uh, you know they're they're still in that race uh, for the NFC South with the Saints. Yeah, and I, I would add, even though you know this Panthers team, they're now three and seven, um, look like they're completely out of that division and, and have no playoff shot. But I still, like you mentioned, they are a frisky team. I think their coaching is, is you know, uh, really good staff. A lot of first-year guys like Matt Rule. Um, and so I think there are a lot of good things with that offense, the, the consistency they've shown. Um, so, I mean, if they're a, you know, it's not a, a team you can completely write off as a W when you're just looking at the schedule. I think that's still a good win for the Bucs, and uh, they proved today that they deserve that win, deserve to be back in the conversations that, uh, you know, they started the year in, which was – you know, true contenders. Yep, and uh, it's a great point on the Panthers. What we were kind of talking about earlier, they remind you a little bit of the Chargers where both those teams we think are are pretty good. We like, you know, they pass the eye test. We like what they're bringing forth each week, and we're seeing on tape. It's just uh, those performances aren't really translating into wins, unfortunately, at this mm-hmm. point in time. And um, they're still co- both you know, more of like in, in a rebuilding process, both probably a couple years away. But uh, both those teams between the Chargers and the Panthers are frisky um, and seem like pretty good teams that just don't have a lot of wins at this point in the season. Yeah, that's exactly how I'd describe it. Definitely good teams. Um, moving on to, to, to uh, some of the other early slate games, we saw the uh, the Eagles take on uh, the Giants in what was kind of an ugly game for the Eagles. Uh, Giants hopped out to an early lead. Uh, it was 14-3 at one point. The, the Eagles kind of fought to get back in it, but just couldn't quite hold on. And um, you know, took the Eagles took a tough loss to the Giants. Um, the Eagles still do remain the leader of the division. They're still first place in that weak NFC East uh, division. But, uh, you know, what were you looking at that game? What, what did you see? And, you know, how do you feel about the NFC East getting a playoff spot? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, while we're on the topic, topic of teams with uh, with not many wins, let's get into this game, the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, Eagles find a way to lose this one, of course. I'm glad you talked me out of it. I was like, ah, I think... I think the Eagles might it might be their week to kind of put the, put some things together. Uh, they had Miles Sanders back uh, from injury as well as Alshon Jeffrey making his debut. Neither of those guys really seem to matter all that much as the Giants kind of roll them here. Um, and and I think if they won it twenty seven seventeen, the yeah. Eagles just again. Wentz continues to struggle. He's second to last in QBR so far this season. 
uh, only leading Sam Darnold. So uh, the ginger QBs not off to a hot start mm-hmm. uh, between Andy Dalton getting knocked out after what was half a game and then uh, Darnold and Wentz both really struggling so far this year. So Wentz has definitely been an issue. Um, the defense, I, the Giants played with a lot more energy today, a lot more swagger. This new look Giants behind Joe Judge and, uh, and OVO Daniel Jones, man. He's <laughs> repping OVO all day. Um, October's very own, uh, the newest member, Daniel Jones. Um, he might be on that label soon. Drake's going to have to hit him up. Yeah, definitely could, uh, could be coming soon. Uh, we'll see what Daniel Jones can do in the booth. Uh, OVO Jones, baby. So, yeah, the, the, the Giants get a win here. Uh, the, the Eagles remain, despite the loss, remain at the top of the NFC East. And, yeah, at, at this point in time, it doesn't really seem like anyone deserves to, to make a playoff spot. But someone will obviously have to get it. And I, I guess the Eagles are that team. Yeah, I still think it is the Eagles. I think the Eagles will find a way to hold on, even if it means, you know, going 6-10. and 10. That that might get you the playoff spot in the division. But, Anyway, it's it's not going to be too pretty to watch. Another game that wasn't uh, too pretty to watch. We had a couple that kind of wrapped up that early slate, um, where we saw the Browns barely hanging on to a to a ten seven win over the Texans. Um, kind of a, a weird game. I was, hope everyone missed know, that one. Yeah, it started late because of weather delays and it was just kind of sloppy all around. But Nick Chubb was back, which was good to see. And then uh, another game between two teams who aren't very good with the the Lions and the Washington Football Team. Um, you know, it was a, an encouraging win for the Lions to, to win it in the fashion they did, a late field goal um, as time was expiring. They finally to, uh, ended up on the right side. Yeah, of the, uh, first, time, first time it happened. They were up 24-3 to at one point in the game, and uh, Alex Smith led that Washington team yeah. all the way back. Um, he, had, he had a crazy statistical day uh, for Alex Smith. So you know, Went for 390. Yeah, I mean... On 55 attempts, so a lot of volume there. 38 for 55, so... Let an inspiring comeback bid, and unfortunately it falls short despite the Lions uh, really doing what they could to, to give that one up. Yeah, as always. But uh, moving on to, to the afternoon slate, which was definitely uh, the much more uh, you know fun games that we saw today. Um, you know, Let's start off with that Bills and Cardinals game. We, we saw it end with uh, you know maybe the best fashion any game could end with. Uh, 43 yard, you know, near Hail Mary from Kyler Murray that ended with DeAndre Hopkins going up over the top, over three Bills defenders to to rip it away, pull it down uh, to secure that win for the Cardinals. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, what an what a crazy game and finish. Um, I, this one was kind of the one I think a lot of people circled going into the day uh, as the most fun or intriguing matchup. Bills and Cardinals, they kind of remind me of each other for some reason. Both seem like playoff teams. They both have pretty fun offenses behind uh, two quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and, and Josh Allen, who are young and, and can you know use their legs to to, to create offense as well. And so I think it, it was it was as advertised, super fun. Yeah. You know, featuring a. Uh, what could be potentially the two best receivers in the league going at it between Stephon Diggs, who is uh, leading all all receivers in, in yards and catches so far, as well as Hopkins, who was the guy coming down and making the biggest play when it mattered the most, uh-huh. and that and that hail Mary, hail Mary from Kyler uh, to close it out. And yeah, you know it's been a, it's been a minute, you know, back since 2015 since we've seen a game winner like that, the, the miracle in Motown when mm. uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, beat your Lions, of course. <laughs> He found Richard Rodgers in the end zone. So it's been a minute since we've seen one of those 
crazy finishes, and um, it was fitting that it was this game today. Great, great way to pull it out from the Cardinals, but I thought the Bills uh, had a great, pretty, pretty solid performance as well. Yeah, they did. The Bills definitely showed up and did everything they needed to to win. Uh, you know, Diggs, Stephon Diggs caught a touchdown with you know thirty seconds left. Diggs, it looked, man, looked like he was the one who made the play, and then all of a sudden it turned into Hopkins being the one who did it. Um, but that actually, uh, you know, vaulted the uh, Cardinals up into first place in the NFC West. Um, which had a lot to do with, with uh, some other NFC West action we saw today. Um, and that showdown between the Rams and the Seahawks, um, where we see the Rams knock off the Seahawks in a you know, pretty commanding fashion. It, it really was never that close. And you know, the Seahawks didn't really have a chance to, to even win it at the end of the game. Yeah, that was another fun one for the NFC West tilt. And uh, yeah, the, Ra- the Rams get the better of the Seahawks here. Russ, his struggles continue as he throws two more interceptions today. Um, MVP odds definitely probably taking a hit. He started the day coming in uh, at plus 125, was the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. I, I got to imagine he's probably not going to be yeah. remain the favorite in MVP. What do you think? Do you think Mahomes I would. Him? Yeah, I think Mahomes is going to surpass him. I think the interceptions are starting to catch up to Russell Wilson a little bit. We've seen him have multiple weeks with multiple interceptions, and that's just not something that uh, bodes well for MVP odds. Uh, you know, Mahomes has one interception on the entire season at this point. So, um, you know, there's definitely discrepancy there, and I think the uh, the odds will start to shift in favor of Mahomes when the uh, the odds come out for uh, for the new leader of the MVP race. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree there. And um, But, yeah, crazy one. And, and so Seattle falls now to 6-3. and three. That, that outcome creates a three-way tie atop uh, uh, the NFC West with the Rams, Seahawks, and Cardinals all at 6-3. and three. And, uh, a fun one coming on Thursday when the Cards yeah. go to Seattle uh, yeah. for that rematch. Yeah, we saw what happened last time. Um, you know, that was maybe one of the best games of the season so far was that Seahawks-Cardinals game, uh, I think about four weeks ago, three or four weeks back. Yep. Um, you know, everyone remembers the, the memorable DK Metcalf chase down on Buda Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything that happened in that game was just fun. So that's definitely one to, uh, to circle on the calendar for Thursday night. Absolutely. Uh, and the, speaking of the uh, NFC West, the only other NFC West team we haven't mentioned, the Niners, uh, were in New Orleans today. Um, they were they were plus nine underdogs. Uh, they got some guys back. Ayuk was playing uh, in this one. However, they do fall to the Saints, twenty-seven to thirteen, uh, despite jumping out early. What'd you see in this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the Niners might be able to to play it pretty close. Um, you know, they they didn't really stay in it. Uh, you know, they. Uh, Saints were able to pull away, and even without Breeze in the second half, uh, you know, saw my boy Winston, uh, Jameis Winston. Jameis time. Yeah, my favorite player in the league, on record, my favorite NFL player of all time, Jameis Winston, came in, uh, held the lead down for the Saints, and and the Saints were able to get it done pretty easily, no sweat uh, over the Niners. So, you know, that's another good win for the Saints, who need to keep racking up, you know, wins to, to keep their lead in their division. Yeah, Saints Saints keep rolling. Um, Breeze does leave there in the second quarter with what looked like a rib injury and will undergo an MRI. So that's a, a storyline to watch with the Saints. But, yeah, man, it was Jameis' time. He came in there in, in the second half and, uh, you know, looked pretty solid. Didn't do a whole lot. But, um, hey, the Saints, they may be getting, you know, their most dangerous weapon unlocked here at the right time as they, uh, they're they 7-2 leading the, uh, the NFC and um, coming off two big wins wins against uh, uh, who we thought were kind of contenders in the Bucks and the Niners. Yeah, definitely. So, Jameis, keep eating those dubs, baby. Let's go. Uh, yeah, definitely. And then, uh, you know, speaking of dubs, the uh, the Steelers remain undefeated. Uh, another no-sweat win over uh, over the Bengals and, uh, you know, Burrow 
earlier today. So they, uh, you know, still the, the only undefeated team. But the last game I did want to touch on from that afternoon slate was, uh, you know, that Dolphins game against the Chargers. Um, was hoping that could end up being a really fun duel between the rookie quarterbacks. But, you know, the, the Finns came out and proved that, no, they're not there to mess around today, that they are, you know, a complete team who can play with anyone. They're not playing down to their competition. They're ready for anything that's coming at them. Yeah, man, the Finns keep rolling. Uh, Tua gets to 2-0 and as a starter as he outduels uh, fellow rookie Justin Herbert in this one. This one was interesting. You know, the Finns have, have come out and looked – like a complete team, right? They win with their defense. They win with special teams. They don't really make a lot of mistakes offensively. Um, so, that, yeah, they limit the mistakes, and they play opportunistically. And so uh, the Finns looking solid here. They are now a half game back from Buffalo in that AFC East race. And so uh, that one's going to heat up. Keep in mind, the Finns' next three games, they have the Broncos, the Jets, and the Bengals there. So I'll, I'll, some three softies, three cupcakes coming up for the Finns. Um, if they can keep rolling, I, I really like their chances to to somehow come out on top and win the uh, the AFC East and steal it away from the Bills here. Yeah, I think they have a shot to steal it from the Bills. Um, you know, right right now the Dolphins are only one and two in the division, um, so they do need to rack up a couple more divisional wins if they do want to hold on to that division. But they're in a good spot to do it. And uh, you know, like you mentioned, I said it too. They are a complete team. Um, you know, and they can play with anyone. So uh, they definitely deserve to be where they are. And, and I'm excited to see if they can actually go take this division from the Bills. Uh, the Dolphins are ahead of schedule. I didn't expect them to be truly competing for the division at this point this season. But they're there and they're ready. Yep, I, I completely agree. So that really does it for Week 10. you have anything else to, to shout out? No, that's all. Um, you know, our Chiefs had a bye this weekend, getting rested up, ready to, to come back and run the table in the second <laughs> half. And uh you know, we were talking about it today. We think, uh, you know, Mahomes might be ready to uh, steal the MVP odds. Uh, you know, the Chiefs might be in the best spot to, to come in and win the title the rest of the season. So uh, we've got some fun action to, to watch for when, with uh, KC. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, we're, we're 10 weeks in. Um, we've learned a lot. I think uh, the playoff pictures are really kind of coming into, into form here. And so... Uh, We'll see as, as things continue, but I think we kind of know who's good and who's, who are the frauds. And um, so uh, another great week of NFL in the books. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for week 10. It was an awesome week. Uh, a lot of fun action. DeAndre Hopkins, winner of the yeah, week. Way to get it, D-Hop. Uh, finally got to see our guy Jameis, so hopefully more of him to come, even though, um, you know, hopefully nothing too bad with the, the rib injury for Breeze. But that does it for week 10. Uh, we'll be right back here. Yeah, stay tuned. We've got our, our NBA draft preview and a little free agency and off-season talk coming up next. Uh, this, this segment's really fun, and uh, you guys are not going to want to miss it. Be right back. Real quick, before we get into our NBA draft preview and free agency preview, did just want to let you guys know that, that this was a pre-recorded um, segment that we, we did earlier this week, uh, last Wednesday. Uh, a few things have changed since then. So we actually found out that the NBA is lifting their moratorium on Monday at noon Eastern, which means uh, the teams can start talking trades. Uh, players can start, um, you know, getting shipped around. And so we learned uh, right away that the uh, the Lakers have a deal in place that is going to uh, 
going to let them acquire Dennis Schroeder from Oklahoma City in exchange for uh, Danny Green and the Lakers' number 28 pick in this draft. Um, we did talk specifically about what the Lakers might do with that pick, um, but now we know they are going to be trading it. So uh, keep that in mind while listening. Um, one last note I did want to just put out there. Uh, in the podcast, I uh, did not have LaMelo Ball getting mock drafted number one overall. I'm officially going to change that right now. I think the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves are going to take LaMelo Ball. So just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, but hope you guys enjoy this segment. Yo, yo, we are back. This is going to be our NBA draft preview. Um, we'll also touch on a little bit of the free agency and offseason stuff that's going on right now. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday the 11th, so we're exactly one week out of the draft. Um, the draft is happening November 18th, so the next Wednesday, um, free agency beginning two days after that, November 20th. Uh, and then right away, I think training camp starting December 1st and regular season December 22nd. Things are moving fast. Right back into it. Yeah, it feels like the uh, the season just ended like a week ago. And then here's the draft. And then before you know it, we're back into the thick of things. Definitely. It's moving fast, but I'm excited. This is this is what I love. I love the NBA draft, the offseason. This is uh, one of my favorite times in sports. Coming at a little bit different of a time this year, but I'm pumped for it. Yeah, 100%. And, and for any of the listeners that don't know, um, Z over here is the point of Drew resident NBA expert. Um, I'm a bit, I'm an NBA fan. I, I would say passively, more of a novice when it comes to you know a couple of free agency and and, and and NBA draft. So for a lot of this, um, you know this this episode, I'll be deferring to him, asking him some questions. Uh, you know he's done a lot of research. Z created a big board with player evals that goes 40 players deep. Man, I mean he analyzed every team building situation from around the league and mocked up a number of, uh, of different potential free agency moves and trades. So um, there's a lot of good stuff to get into today. You, you just might have a future uh, in the league at, you know, league office, front office, press <laughs> box, something. Yeah, if any teams out there are looking for someone to bring in, uh, let me know. I'm open, uh, willing to talk. And, you know, I did put a lot of work in on this and, and looking into all the different draft scenarios and offseason stuff, but uh, there's still a good chance that I don't get any of it right. So, so we'll have to uh, come back to that statement you gave out uh, after the uh, draft happens and see where I actually fell. But yeah, man, this, that's why it's fun though. But uh, seriously, don't ruin our credibility. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, well, let's just get into it then. Um, you know, let's start out with kind of the lottery. Um, draft will be a, a week from today on November 18th. Um, and so the lottery, one through 14. Why don't you just dive in and tell us about um, wh where you know at what pick you think each player is going to go, and tell us a little bit about the fit and why you think it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and uh, before we do get into it, want want to uh, just mention that I think this lottery right here, um, none of these teams or few of them will actually end up drafting where they are slotted right now. I think we're going to see a ton of trades. Um, and when you say you know mention the fit on the team. Um, I actually think this draft in particular is going to be a little bit different where we see a lot of teams just going for the best candidate out there regardless of fit. Um, so it's going to make it a pretty interesting draft. Um, I think, think is that is that uh, sorry to cut in, but is that you think that's because this draft uh, has been called by many as kind of weak? Uh, is that a big reason why there? I think that's definitely part of it. Um, I, I'd say there's not a lot of teams who want to be at the top of the draft right now, which is a reason I think a lot of teams are going to want to move back in the draft. 
um, as well as the fact that there aren't a ton of guys um, who are going to slot in from day one to make an impact on their team. There's a lot of guys that need development. There's a lot of guys who we're just unsure of. Like right now in my um, you know draft projections and my mock draft, um, only one of the first five players I have getting selected um, played any college ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, James Wiseman got in two or three games, but. Uh, I have Anthony Edwards going number one to Minnesota as of right now. Um, he's the only one that actually really played any type of um, you know college basketball. Yeah, go dogs. So yeah, go dogs. UGA and, and really, um, you know, I think Edwards is going one because of the fit actually um, with Minnesota. Um, and when it comes to Edwards, I think he's the most athletic guard in this draft. I think he is ready to come in from day one and be one of the, you know, in, in the top 10% of just elite athleticism um, in the NBA. Um, you know, he, he does struggle to, to hit his shots sometimes, but he doesn't struggle to create those shots. Um, so if he starts knocking those down, he really does have a super high offensive upside. Um, I kind of think of him as like a Bradley Beal type offensively um, in a little bit of the Bradley Beal defensive mentality <laughs> okay, too. Yeah. yeah. He likes to slack a little on defense, so he does have some flaws, but I think at the end of the day, uh, Minnesota's going to go ahead and, and take him one. And so you like pairing him up uh, in Minnesota with D'Angelo Russell in that backcourt? Yeah, if Minnesota ends up keeping that pick, which, I, again, I, I think they will try and shop it. I'm just not sure if there are any teams who are that excited to go get the number one pick because, um, like you mentioned, it is kind of a weak draft right now. Um, but I think Minnesota does want to pair him with D'Angelo Russell in that backcourt and um, you know, see if they can start building a team that will first get in the playoffs and eventually contend in the future. Right. So I like Edwards going one. I do have James Wiseman going two to Golden State. Um, there could be some trades with Golden State here and definitely see some people trying to move up, um, you know, especially if LaMelo Ball is still on the board at two. I, I could see some teams making some calls to Golden State trying to move up. But James Wiseman makes the most sense for the Warriors if they keep that pick. Uh, they definitely need a big man. They've you know had injuries with Kevon Looney. They've got Marquise Chris, but I'm not sure he's really a, a you know great uh, center in the NBA. So um, Wiseman makes a lot of sense. He's got a, a really high floor. I don't think he has much of a bust potential. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be good, but is really gonna need to polish some of his skills. Um, and, and, you know, prove himself. Because, like I mentioned, he played one game in college. Um, before college, he was probably the consensus number one. Um, so he just needs to prove that he is that guy. Um, so I like him to Golden State. Third, I have LaMelo Ball going to Charlotte. Um, and this is where, uh, like I mentioned, I think teams are going to just start taking best available. Yep. Um, to me, LaMelo Ball is actually the best available player in this draft. I think he's my favorite. Um, and, and I think has the most upside um, probably of any player in this draft. But, um, you know, again, his, his shooting has been pretty shaky. Some of his decision-making is completely out of whack. Um, so there, there, are, there are concerns, absolutely, with LaMelo. And apparently he hasn't looked very impressive in his interviews with Charlotte. But I still think Charlotte, at the end of the day, is going to have to take him uh, just because of the value that's there at three. Even, our, even with uh, Devontae Graham already kind of running the show there at point guard? Yeah, so, I mean, they have Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. Um, oh yeah, they overpaid Scary Terry. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely overpaid. But um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they just take the mentality of not looking at fit and just saying, "Hey, he's the best available right now. We need to go ahead and snag him." Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think they uh, 
think they get it, and, and I do think some of those red flags um, are going to be a little overblown when it comes to Lamella. We all know yeah. everything that comes with them, but I think that Triple is Triple B, baby. Yeah. Um, so fourth overall, the Chicago Bulls. I have them taking Denny Avita. Um, and again, a pretty unknown guy coming out of um, Israel. Um, he's a combo forward, um, likes to have the ball in his hands, plays well with the ball in his hands, um, super high IQ, super high feel for the game, but um, isn't the most athletic guy out there. He's not beating anyone off the dribble. He's not overpowering anyone. Um, he beats people with kind of his savvy mm-hmm. um, type of game, just kind of the Euro game that yeah. we're used to, used to seeing. Um, but I think he uh, would be actually a pretty good fit on that Bulls team. Um, we know Kobe White is, uh, you know, their yeah. point guard of the future, but I think he's a guy who can play well off ball if, if Denny does have the ball in his hands and, and um, you know, is the one bringing it up, running the offense. Um, and they do need another forward to, to play next to Lori Markinen. So like the fit with uh, Denny Avia going fourth to the Bulls. Got it. And so Denny... I, I can I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't know who this guy was before you said his name. Um, so for the listeners, do you have a player comp that can help them understand kind of who Chicago would be taking here at four? Yeah, I'd say um, a little bit of a player comp could be like a uh, uh, Dario Saric type of player. Um, I obviously have to compare him to a Euro, uh, but uh, kind <laughs> of like a Gallinari, maybe. Yeah, it's. I'd say it's a like a mix of Ricky Rubio and Dario Saric. Okay. If you put their talents together, um, you know they're both super savvy players that make crazy passes mm-hmm. and um, just have a good IQ feel for the game. But neither of them are the type of athlete that's going to beat you to the hoop or, or overpower you. So I'd say that's kind of the uh, the uh, comparison for him. One of those guys who. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, can do it all, uh, but beats people with his change of pace and, and, you know, thinking faster than anybody else on the court. So right on. I think he's a good prospect. Um, I think he will end up going fourth to Chicago. Um, and then fifth to Cleveland. I have them drafting um, the big man out of um, USC, Oneka Okongwu. Uh, again, I think that's another one where it's just best player available. That's who they need to go get. Uh, Okongwu. Uh, might be the best defensive big man in this draft. Uh, he's getting a lot of the uh, Bam Adebayo com- comparison, uh, which is a tough one to live up to. Um, but I have him actually as my highest rated big man just because of those you know elite dif- defensive skills. Um, you know, great rim protector, uh, really strong, really athletic, and, and pretty efficient offensively. Still needs to extend his shooting a little bit, but I think he's going to be a, a really good prospect. Um, so I think Cleveland gets him at five. Um, Atlanta, if they keep that number six pick, uh, I think they go ahead and draft Tyrese Halliburton out of uh, Iowa State. Um, you know, they do need uh, another guy that can control the ball, but also play off ball a little bit next to Trey Young. Um, and Halliburton, he's, you know, tall, rangy, lengthy for his position, can defend both guard positions, um, and is a terrific passer. So I think he would slot well next to Trey Young. Um, does need to just get a little stronger and, uh, you know, be able to uh, to guard some of the bigger two guards in the league if he mm-hmm. does end up at that position. But I think he'll be a good player next to Trey Young if that happens at six. Um, and then seven, I have uh, Patrick Williams uh, moving up a little bit higher than, than most people had originally projected, uh, going seven to Detroit. Uh, he wasn't even a starter for uh, Florida State last year. One of the Florida State wings. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a Florida State wing. 
He's a, you know, big wing too, probably like 6'7", 6'8", 220. Um, super explosive, freaky athlete. Um, isn't necessarily a real natural looking scorer or shooter and isn't always extending his game to the perimeter. Um, but definitely has massive defensive upside. He's a, he's a great rebounder. Um, and he's super, super young. I think he uh, he's one of the like four or five youngest prospects in the draft right now. So uh, I think realistically he's a late lottery guy, but I think the Pistons, if they stay in that seven spot, may actually take a shot on him at seven. Well, they need they need someone in Detroit, and so I hope I hope Patrick Williams can give him some upside on the, at least the offensive side of the ball. For sure, Detroit needs all the help they can get, especially if they're. Uh, you know, going to be losing Christian Wood in free agency. Uh, they they need hope in yeah. Detroit. <laughs> it's a little bleak there. but uh, So I think Patrick Williams could be their guy. Um, and then eighth to the New York Knicks, the pick everyone is looking forward to. Um, I actually have them taking Killian Hayes. Okay. Um, the point guard, shooting guard, kind of a combo guard out of France. Um, and I really like Killian Hayes. He, I have him as my second-ranked prospect in the draft behind LaMelo. Um, I think Killian Hayes has uh, maybe the best offensive game right now in the um, in the draft, mostly just because of the playmaking he has. Uh, super good shot creator, kind of a Harden-esque step back. Um, really a high IQ player, a great pick and roll player. Um, you know, he's not the most athletic guy and, and tends to kind of always finish with his left and doesn't mm-hmm. go right often. He's a lefty. Um, but he's he's one of my favorite players, and I think uh, he's going to be someone the Knicks would be super happy with at eight. Yeah, I've seen Hayes pretty high on uh, some big boards, and so him falling to eight uh, for New York, that's some good value there. Yeah, I think it would be good value. I think Kevin O'Connor's big board yeah. has Killian Hayes as the, the top-ranked prospect, but I've also seen some other guys who have him, you know, late teens. So he's, again, just someone we don't really, yeah, don't really know a whole lot about. Um, quick quick side like note on, on uh, Killian's in general. There's two, he would be the second famous Killian from France, and I want to know from you, who has a better career when it's all said and done? Killian Mbappe, another young guy, soccer player, or Killian Hayes? Ooh, that's a great question. I, I know Mbappe is awesome. Um, I don't know enough about him to, to be able to make this call. And I, I have Hayes as my second highest prospect in the draft. I'm rolling with Hayes. Watch out. Let's go. He's bringing the Knicks back. <laughs> He'll be the savior of New York. He'll do what no player has ever done. He needs um, to be a, a great player in the NBA for many years because Mbappe's already drawing comparisons to, to Messi. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> maybe I just got ahead of myself. But uh, hey, I'm high on it. Hayes. Let's see it. Let's see him get it done. Um, I'll, I'll kind of speed through these next couple prospects, but uh, I have Obi Toppin going ninth to Washington. Um, Toppin's definitely the, the best offensive big man in this draft. Um, was the best player in college last year. Um, he's super, super athletic and offensive genius, really. Um, I kind of think of him as like an Amari Stoudemire type of player. Um, if you maybe if it's like 2K ratings, you take like a minus 10 from Amari's power, but add 20 in terms of his <laughs> shooting ability. Um, well, that so, guy absolutely tore up the A10 last year, so I hope that can translate to the uh, to the league. Yeah, and unlike a, a lot of the players that that we've mentioned, he's one of the guys who actually did prove himself. Right. Um, Although he is a little bit older than most of the uh, the prospects, he was a four year college guy. He's almost twenty three now, but he proved himself. Um, so I really like Obi Toppin. Um, think he'd probably be a good fit in Washington. Um, next up, I have Kyra Lewis Jr. heading to Phoenix. Um, 
And I, I do really like uh, Kyra Lewis. I think he might be the fastest prospect in this draft. Kind of reminds me of like a De'Aaron Fox type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely has that high scoring ability. Um, isn't always the best three-point shooter, but I do think uh, if he fixes some of his turnover issues, gets a little more consistent, definitely projects to be a, a guy who can beat anyone with that speed and quickness. Um, could be a really good pick to, to play in that. Um, backcourt for the uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Um, sounds like the Suns may be getting themselves into some Chris Paul trade rumors, oh. um, which if that happens, uh, they probably would not end up drafting another point guard. Um, but as of now, I like Kyra Lewis going there. Um, next up, I have Devin Vassell, who's at, probably my favorite um, you know player. I, I don't know about favorite player in this draft, but one of my um, favorite guys here. Another Florida State another wing. Another Florida State wing. Um and probably the best three and D prospect in this draft. Um, he gets it done on both sides of the ball. Seven foot wingspan, super good defender. Shot forty one percent from three in both seasons at Florida State. Um, so really good three and D guy. I think he's someone who could step in for a team day one and and really make a difference. Um, he isn't the best like offensive creator. He doesn't um, you know create a shot a whole lot, but he is exactly what you want in a three and D type of player. So really like Devin Vassell. Um, next up, um, and that would be San Antonio's pick, Vassell at 11. Mm-hmm. Next up with Sacramento is Isaac Okoro. Um, Isaac Okoro is another guard similar to Vassell who, um, you know, the, the team is going to hope he turns into a 3 and D prospect. Um, Okoro at this point in time isn't the best three-point shooter. Um, only shot about 28.5% at Auburn last season, so... He's no um, Vassell. Yeah, not, not, doesn't quite have the, the shooting. Uh, but if he develops that, um, it, it could be really helpful because he, he does have that elite defensive skill set already. Um, he really can guard multiple positions effectively, two through four. He's, he's a lockdown guy, so he'd be a really good pick um, for Sacramento who needs some help on the defensive end. Um, going 13th to New Orleans, I took Aaron Nesmith. Um, I, he's the best shooter in this draft, hands down. Um, he's like a 6'6", uh, small forward from Vanderbilt, um, just a, a pure shooter, shot 50% in college on pretty high volume. Um, you know, other people have, you know, lauded him for some of his intangible qualities, his leadership and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of good things about him. Uh, he's one of the guys who's kind of been shooting off, shooting up on some draft boards because uh, he is coming off an injury, um, but people really like his shooting ability. So I think he'd... Uh, He'd pair well with that New Orleans team. Him and JJ just raining threes. Yeah, that could be dangerous. Uh, if Lonzo ever figures out a shot right, too, maybe. <laughs> and Zion as well. Uh, so they do need some shooters. That'd be a, a nice pairing there. And then uh, to wrap up the lottery, uh, going 14th to the Boston Celtics, I have Pre- Precious Achua. Um, really like him coming out of uh, of Memphis. Uh, he's kind of a 6'9", like power forward, but I think could also play a little bit of small ball five. Um, you know, if his offensive game develops a little bit and he can put on some weight, I think uh, I could see him being a really good defensive small ball five. Um, has that like 7'2 wingspan, has all the tools you need. He's athletic. He's got pretty quick feet. Um, can defend above the rim, even for his uh, 6'9 size. So. I uh, really like him. think he uh, is going to wrap up the lottery going 14th. Right on. The uh, 
the second precious I've ever heard of to weigh 225, but I think he, <laughs> I think he could, uh, can go in and contribute right away. Uh, imagine him and, and James Wiseman. If Wiseman was able to play that front court at Memphis between the two of them, that would oh, be yeah. deadly. I'm happy for uh, my fellow American SMU Mustangs. They didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, definitely. That would uh, definitely be scary front court. I think those two, probably the best uh, two teammates in this draft. Uh, you could you could argue for uh, Williams and Vassell from Florida State, but it's a tough one. 100%. Well, that wraps up the lottery. Um, next, we're going to be getting into some of the later round selections, you know, maybe some guys who might slip, uh, some interesting teams on wh- where they're going to be drafting. Uh, be right back. Okay, so we're through the lottery. Still have a number of picks left in this 2020 draft. Uh, we won't hit them all, but um, for the later round selections, why don't you preview a few guys who could slip out of the lottery and really be a, a, of some great value here in the in the later later picks? Yeah, so I think one guy that immediately comes to mind is Cole Anthony, um, point guard from Carolina. He was, um, you know, going into to or around this time last year, I'll say he was projected as definitely one of the top five picks. Um, and really saw his, his draft stock fall a lot during his year at, at North Carolina. Um, and I don't think he'll end up getting picked till maybe mid-20s in this draft. Um, so definitely taking probably like a 20-pick fall. Um, but still think he's an elite offensive talent. He definitely projects to make an impact. Uh, scoring, his playmaking is really good. Um, the only concerns are his defense, his shooting around the rims, a little bit shaky. Um, hasn't been the best finisher. Um, so I think he is one guy that'll slip a little bit, uh, but it's still still worth a pick, um, you know, later on in the first round. Uh, so he's one guy that I think falls a little bit. Um, another similar situation would also be Nico Mannion, the point guard from Arizona. Um, again, this time last year, he was looking like one of the, the top picks in this draft and slid back. Um, but he's a really solid overall point guard, has some great touch, good IQ with the ball in his hands. Um, consistent shooter and passer too so um, I think he you know if he can develop his defense and same with same thing as Cole Anthony just finish that you know shooting around the rim and if that translates to the next level definitely has uh, the potential to be kind of a steal in the later first round yeah I love that for Mannion that's my my redheaded brother right exactly there. yeah um, <laughs> he's he's uh he, he's fun to watch got a good hoop mixtape um he can oh, definitely sure. dish it um, definitely so good value for Nico uh later in the first round and so we're out of the lottery. We've talked a little bit about later round selections. I got a couple teams that are drafting outside the lottery. Uh, I'd like to understand who you think they're going to go with, just given their situations. Let's start with the Dallas Mavericks. Who are they going to draft to kind of round out this roster, put next to Luka and Porzingis? Yeah, so um, Dallas could take this a couple ways. They have the 18th pick right now. Um, they're likely looking for uh, a wing that they can slot in. Um, whether that's a shooting guard or small they forward. they got to get better at defense, we know that. They definitely need a, a defensive type of guy. And so I think one, one immediately, um, immediately I look to uh, Josh Green, the shooting guard from Arizona, um, and, and his best aspect is, excuse me, is his defense. Um, it is size, he can guard most wings and guards. Um, so it really has that ability to guard two through four, maybe even one through four. Um so he could be a really strong 3 and D guy, which is exactly what Dallas would look for. So I think that's one guy they have on their radar. Um, I also think there's a chance they could take a little bit of a shot on Desmond Bain out of TCU, keep it local. Um, Desmond Bain, really good, um, another 3 and D type of guy, shot 
extremely high um, percentage wise from three point range has the range to um, you know shoot from anywhere on as a catch and shoot type of guy um, definitely is strong enough physically to defend anyone um, kind of has like a, a Jay Crowder type body mm-hmm. so um, he's a guy that, that could work well on the wing in Dallas as well yeah, I watched Bain for many years at TCU, and uh, you know he can shoot it and, and definitely um, run the floor, play both ways. So that's that would be a good get for Dallas, maybe stick, sticking around. Uh, for sure, yeah. At home. For sure. Uh, another team uh, I'd want to highlight that's outside the lottery. Who do you think the Miami Heat, the defending Eastern Conference champs, will go with? Put next to their young guys and Hero and, and Bam and Duncan Robinson. Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and uh, actually, as of right now, I have Desmond Bain mocked to the Heat at the twentieth overall pick. Um, Pack your bags, Desmond. You're headed to South Beach. <laughs> yeah, so he could be on his move down to South Beach. Um, but I I think he the the Heat are definitely looking for replacements, probably for Jay Crowder. Um, Derek Jones Jr. is also an unrestricted free agent, so it's unknown if they'll bring either of those guys back. Um, so they're definitely looking for another wing like that who could come in. Um, Desmond Bain, definitely a name, uh, as well as a guy like Sadiq Bay, uh, out of Villanova, you know, super good three point shooter. Um, I, I think he had probably the most volume of any three point shooter in college last year, averaging 45%, almost seven attempts mm-hmm. per game. Uh, so really like Bay from Villanova is, is another guy that he could go after. Yeah. It's uh, I hate to, to marginalize Derek Jones Jr. Like this, but I feel like is it, should that guy even be on a roster? And shouldn't he just be hosting like the dunk contest and competing in it? <laughs> yeah, I always love watching him on the dunk contest. But um, yeah, he deserves to be on a roster. He he can play some good defense. He's got the length. Uh, it definitely has the length and the athleticism. You can jump out of the building. But I'm yeah. not sure uh, what his market's going to look like in free agency. It may not be uh, too hot. As as, uh, as Charles Barkley would say, he's got length. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on, uh, the other team outside the lottery that uh, we want to highlight, defending champs, the Los Angeles Lakers. Who do you think they go with here? Yeah, so the Lakers, uh, I could see them going after a, a guard, um, someone like Nico Mannion, uh, Cole Anthony, if he falls that far. Um, I could see them taking a shot on, on one of those two guys. Um, you know, a few other point guards. Could drop as well, but, um, you know, Rajon Rondo opted out of his contract. I do expect him to be back, um, but I still think the Lakers are going to be looking for a guard type of guy. Uh, Alex Caruso is is obviously doing awesome things, but he still isn't your, you know, go-to starter you hope to have, um, you know, night in and night out. Um, So, you know, guys like Malachi Flynn could be in there. Maybe Jameis Ramsey out of Texas Tech. He's another name. Mm -hmm. Cassius Winston from Michigan State. Um, even Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. There's a lot of those point guards that'll be probably on the board at the end of the first round um, where the Lakers pick. So I'm looking for them to, to take one of those guards. Right on, right on. Well, last last little bit before we wrap up the draft. Who's your player in this draft with the biggest upside? We're talking potential future Hall of Famer, multiple-time All-Star. Is there any guy in this draft that you see with that upside? Yeah, um, and, and I mentioned it earlier. I do think it's LaMelo Ball. Um you know, there's so much to be said for him on both sides. It's He's probably the most controversial player I've ever mm-hmm. uh, watched people cover coming uh, into the NBA draft. But at, at the end of the day, I think his upside is higher than anybody else. Um, whether he'll reach that or not is probably up to him. Um, we know he's got, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, height for a point guard um, is rare. That's, uh, you know, the only other guy we've seen at, at that size coming in was Ben Simmons. Right. Um, 
we know LaMelo's got the confidence to be the best player in the gym. <laughs> He'll pull up from anywhere. Uh, he's competitive. He's ready for the NBA. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, talking about him, just a little inconsistent shooting um, on super high volume. You can't have that. You can't have the turnovers. Um, but his playmaking is, is second to none in this draft. He has the highest upside, and if everything pans out for him, he does look like a guy who can be an all-star and, and can really be the best player in this draft. Yeah, I like it. Well, if, if LeVar Ball, LeVar, if you happen to be listening, you know, we're really hyping up your boy here on Point of Drew. Um, come throw us a bag. Come on the podcast. Whatever. Yeah, discount on the on the BBB sneakers. Right, right. Whatever, whatever works, LeVar. But, you know, you know, we're doing you a favor, so we accept some, expect some reciprocation here. Absolutely. This is a pro Ball Brothers podcast. Awesome. Well, that wraps things up for the draft. Let's jump into a little bit of uh, trades. Actually, no, one final piece on the draft here. Uh, trade scenarios that you think may go down. I know you mentioned that uh, we could see quite a few trades on draft night. Why don't you go ahead and preview You know your top two or three for us? Yeah, so like, yeah, you, you hit on it. I think there's going to be a ton of trades on draft night. Uh, I think there's a ton of teams at the top of the draft who don't want their picks. And I think there might be a couple teams in like the late lottery area that want to you know jump up to the front of the draft to maybe take a shot on Lamelo Ball or or James Wiseman, um, someone like that. So um, you know a couple of, of my favorite trades out there. I do think there's a, a world in which the New York Knicks call up Golden State and uh, and offer Mitchell Robinson in the number eight pick to jump up and take Golden State's number two pick. Um, and this would probably only be in a scenario where the Knicks are super locked in on LaMelo. They want him and are going to go get him. Um, so I think that there's a world in which that actually happens. That seems like a Knicks thing to do. So, yeah, it'd be very Knicks if it didn't work out. But like I said, I think LaMelo uh, has very that Knicks upside. Thing. So uh, we'll see if the Knicks can turn it around. Um, let's see. Another another uh, trade I kind of like um, would actually be probably another scenario with uh, – with Lamelo Ball, uh, if the Hawks wanted to go get Lamelo, mm-hmm. pair him with Trey Young. Um, oh th- yeah, I can see. Uh, you know, Minnesota uh, definitely wants to move back in the draft, so maybe Minnesota and the Hawks can work it out. Where um, you know Minnesota gets that number six Lotto pick, uh, maybe sends Jared Culver to the Hawks for the sixth pick. Um, so I think there's a situation where that happens. Um, you that know, would be a, a crazy backcourt from a. Just a pure passing. Oh yeah, man. yeah, and pretty much zero defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's another fun one. Uh, you know, there are a couple teams like the the Celtics. Pretty much have to make some trades. They have four draft picks, three in the first round. Um, so definitely expect to see Boston making some moves. Um, you know, another Hawk scenario would be a, a trade with New Orleans, where New Orleans moves up to six, and there's even a chance that trade uh, would involve someone like Drew Holiday. Uh, who we know is kind of on the trading block. The vet. Um, yeah, I could see the Pistons moving back in the draft. Um, so there, there's a lot of scenarios that, that could happen. And I, I will throw out one more. I threw it out on Twitter um, earlier today, and then a couple hours later, um, I guess ESPN reported that this trade could happen. Um, so maybe I am breaking. Ooh. Yeah, I, I broke it Poor first. Leroy. Yeah, so uh, the trade idea I threw out was um, the Spurs making a deal with Golden State where they send LaMarcus Aldridge um, and probably Lonnie Walker as well to Golden State. Um, and they'll also attach the, the Spurs' number 11 pick in this year's first round uh, to go up for the number two pick. Um, if they did go get that two pick, it's probably because they are locked in. 
um, on Wiseman, and uh, I think he's a, a guy they want in San Antonio. So that's one I threw out there and, and might actually be gaining some uh, legitimacy. So we'll see if that happens. Well, con- congrats to you on, on calling <laughs> that. Um, could be could be a fun win. So a lot of a lot of potential trades happening on on draft night. So make sure to be aware of that could be uh, a crazy round one. Um, and speaking of trade scenarios, uh, let's take a second to dive into the deeper, bigger overall NBA free agency and offseason picture. Um, you know, let's take a look at kind of the top decisions that need to be made from some of the premier teams. What do you see in uh, for in terms of free agency? Um, yeah, so I'm actually going to start this off by talking about a guy who is not a free agent. Uh, this season, which is Giannis. I think he's kind of the biggest decision that needs to be made um, right now. Does he sign the Supermax that will be on the table from the Bucks as, so- as soon as free agency opens? Um, it'd be worth a little over $225 million over five years. Would lock him in Milwaukee for uh, six more seasons. He's got another year on his deal still. Um, and it's about $80 million more than he could sign if he became a free agent and signed with another team. So, um, a big incentive to sign it for the money, obviously, um, but I don't think he signs it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should sign it because he could get this exact same deal next offseason. Right. Um, he's not allowed to sign it during the season, which is kind of a weird caveat, but um, so I think he will wait till the season's over to sign it. Um, that way he gets more of a feel of how things are shaking down. Does he still want to be in Milwaukee? That sort of thing. Um, and really, it's kind of a weird situation if he does end up turning that Supermax down. Um, the only players we've seen do it are, are Kawhi when he wanted out of San Antonio. Yeah. Um, we saw Paul George uh, do it, but then ended up re-signing with uh, Oklahoma City. And then uh, Anthony Davis sort of wiggled his way out of it last mm-hmm. year when he asked for a trade and then no longer became eligible for it. So it's really rare for players to turn it down. Uh, and I think he will probably end up taking it, but that's something that we, we definitely got to keep an eye on. Seems to be happening more as of late. Um, guys opting out and, and kind of playing their cards elsewhere. So a lot of money to be left on the table, but I think Giannis can pretty much go get a bag wherever he wants to. Definitely. And then a couple other questions that I'm um, you know wondering about is if Brandon Ingram's going to get the max extension from New Orleans. Um, I expect he will. Most improved, right? Uh, yeah, most improved player this year. Finished ahead of Bam, which I still am a little salty about. I wanted Bam to win Controversial that Controversial decision. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see if Brandon Ingram gets the max extension. Um, Fred Van Vliet, we'll see him as a free agent this year. And looks like Tor- Toronto's trying to kind of keep financially fle- financially flexible for uh, next offseason when Giannis is a free agent and a whole crew of guys. Um, so they may want to save some money. And it looks like Van Vliet is really looking to get paid. He's already got his ring in Toronto. Now he wants some money. So. Someone, some team will overpay him, probably an East team that he's destroyed over yeah, the last few years. Yeah, I'd expect Detroit or the Knicks to, uh, to definitely hop in those Fred Van Vliet sweepstakes. Yes, sir. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple of the other questions are, you know, there's a handful of pretty important players that have possible opt-outs in their contract. Um, could opt out early and become unrestricted free agents. Those are, uh, you know, Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond, DeMar DeRozan, Mike Conley. All those guys uh, have some opt-outs. So we'll see uh, see what they end up doing. But with the way uh, things are looking just financially it, on the NBA perspective, I think they probably all end up just opting in, taking the money that they're owed this year, and then figuring out what uh, what the cap looks like, what you know the market looks like next year when they become free agents. Yeah, we'll see how that all plays out, but I know we're, we're probably forecasting some cap shrinkage just given uh, everything that's gone on with COVID. But that's awesome. Uh, some great off-season moves there. Let's dive into a little bit of free agency uh, that's coming up here. This free agency period is going to be starting very soon. 
some possible landing spots for players. Do you think anyone goes anywhere? Or do you kind of uh, going back to what you said just a second ago? People are uh, re-signing with their their current teams. Yeah, so I mean, there are going to be some free agents that are on the move, but uh, unlike other free agent, um, you know, off seasons, there's no massive star in this free agent class. Um, I don't think we're going to see anything that's going to really you know move the tables one way or the other. Um, I mean, some of the biggest free agents are, are really, you know, Joe Harris. Um, we mentioned Brandon Ingram, although he's a restricted free agent. Fred Van Vliet. Um, Danilo Gallinari is another name. Um, you know, you got Davis Bertans, uh, Montrez Harrell, Jeremy Grant. Uh, so a lot of good role players. Uh, you know, you can keep going all day. There's Christian Wood, Aaron Baines, uh, Son Whiteside, Serge Ibaka. A ton of names out there, but there's not really a single name who's going to uh, move the needle for for one team that you know makes them a clear contender. I think they're all guys that are just going to be looking for different spots to slot into. So um, you know that's kind of how I see free agent agency playing out. Uh, there's no one that's going to make some huge blockbuster sure. move to no Durant to, to the Warriors screw the yeah. whole league over type thing. Yeah, there's just not a player. Not even a brogged into Indiana <laughs> type. You know, it's yeah. So I guess. Uh, a little bit of a, uh, you know, no big names, a little bit of a lackluster free agency period uh, going down this time around. Uh, and that leads us into our kind of final topic. We are we are officially in the NBA offseason. Any big trades you're expecting to go down? Yeah, so I do think we will see some trades. Um, I think Chris Paul, definitely a likely uh, trade candidate. Uh, sounds like, you know, Phoenix might be uh, in the mix there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knicks are definitely going to be in that talk, as well as Milwaukee. Um, Russell Westbrook, another name who's who's pretty much let it known that he is not happy in Houston. Um, so things can move quick with him. Uh, Victor Oladipo in the last year of his contract with the Pacers. Um, you know, it could make sense for a team like Miami to just, uh, you know, trade for him, use out his final year of his contract, um, and let it expire because Miami wants to save that room for free agency in 2021 when mm-hmm. Giannis is out there. Um so he's another name, and I think Drew Holiday is a guy who will get traded. I'd be surprised if Drew Holiday starts the season um, as a New Orleans Pelican. Um, I threw out that draft night trade. I think uh, you know he could get moved on draft night. Um, you know, I think Brooklyn is another trade, uh, mm-hmm. another team that's got their eyes set on Drew Holiday. So I think there's a, a chance that a lot of those guys are on the move. Well, you heard it here first. Drew Holiday, pack your bags. You are done at Smoothie King, my good sir. Um, We'll see you with your new team, wherever that may be. Yeah, I'm excited to see Drew Holiday, uh, hopefully on a a contender. I think he's a super good player, doesn't quite get enough respect. um, A lot of times just because of the the situation he's been in in New Orleans. Um, So, yeah, pack your bags. Yes, sir. Well, I think that pretty much does it for... Um, this year's NBA offseason preview. Anything else? Have to, anything to shout? Anything to plug? No. Um, Terrific I mean, job. I mean, your NBA is in your future in, in some <laughs> capacity. The uh, the resident point of Drew NBA insider and expert Z. Yeah. The the only last thing I appreciate that. The only last thing I will add. Uh, the biggest free agent out there. The guy I love the most, Carmelo Anthony. Mellow. Sign back with the Blazers, man. Please. Let's go. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Stay in Portland. Yeah, uh, hoping he does. So uh, that's all I have. But, yeah, uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Um, you know, hit us on social media. Let us uh, know your thoughts about the draft um, and, and what you're thinking on, on what we threw out there. 
Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for our uh, NBA offseason draft preview. We got a special treat for you guys this episode. Joining us is my good friend and fellow SMU Mustang, Dylan Sweet. He is the uh, the founder of These Bets, uh, the, the Instagram betting page. He's tossing out locks every week. Uh, my good buddy from SMU, uh, fellow Pike, and uh, fellow intramural, intramural legend. This kid was uh, <laughs> racking up the championships back in the day. But what's going on, Dylan? Glad to have you. Thank, thanks for having me, guys. Pre- appreciate it. Yeah, how you been? What have you been up to lately? Doing well. Um, unfortunately, uh, why, probably why we're not doing this podcast in person, I, uh, I kind of came down with the Rona. Um, oh. I, I submitted to the virus. Um, so, yeah, I've been dealing with that. Kind of weird. I mean, losing taste and smell, finer things in life. It's kind of unfortunate. If you've had Chipotle without taste, it's, it's just mush. Oh, dude. <laughs> I mean, think think of Chipotle. Think of Chipotle without taste. It's mush, and uh, so that's all right. I mean, I I can you know I can I can cry all I want, but it's all right. I I, I got a TV. I got my laptop. I'm I'm right. still placing locks. Still sending send, send out picks to the followers. Does not hurt the uh, the betting schedule. You're on fire tonight, so the COVID has not impacted the lockage. <laughs> no, no, I, I I wouldn't say that. I mean, unfortunately. This Sunday didn't do that well. Um, still reasonably okay, probably about minus one unit. But then we had that uh, that prop that prop bet between uh, Point of Drew and these bets. Um, I don't know how the followers will see that. I guess you posted on Instagram, huh? Yeah. yeah. So we'll make, sure, uh, we'll make sure they're aware of uh, of the props you were hitting on tonight. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, you got COVID, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, we would have been doing this in person, but we'll make sure to have you out next time. There will be a, an in-person these bets and point of Drew collab coming. Definitely, definitely. As we, as we both grow in the future. Absolutely. Well, uh, just start off, tell us a little bit about the page. When did you start it? Uh, Why did you get into it? Uh, you know, let the listeners know what's up with these bets. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, th- I think it's kind of similar to, to where y'all are, are, are at. I mean, Corona kind of this whole this whole virus thing created a little little free time and uh you know it's we, we all like sports I I especially like winning I like betting and I was like you know what? I'm I'm going to start sharing my my bets on on Instagram and uh kind of started off as a joke but is has kind of grown and you know like I'm now I'm getting like messages from everyone like today like I kind of slept in waking up to messages like yo where's the bets tonight like what are we doing today like where's the teaser um and and, i mean it's kind of cool and so it's it's kind of grown into this thing and i I mean i think it's very similar to y'all y'all story it's just like extra time on our hands like let's talk sports you know like let's start a podcast it's like all that all that barstool stuff like which i mean you guys are kind of similar to that started started somewhere you know um, so that's pretty much it. I mean, Corona boredom, 
publishing yeah. my bets and, and it's kind of grown to, to what it is right now. Well, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been cool to watch, man. You, uh, you've grown a, a solid following and, uh, I completely agree um, with, with COVID happening. Just get some free time on your hands and you got to give the listeners your locks. You're making uh, some, some real profit some days, maybe not some days, but uh, you know, either way you're, you're helping some people out and, and earning some cash. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make you thousands of dollars. I'm just, I'm looking for 57%. Be, be right a little bit more than you are wrong. And, uh, and I don't know, just, Throw, throw out some picks have fun with it yeah definitely I think one thing that uh you know Bart and I always talk about how we struggle with and I think just like the you know people out there in general struggle with it but just when it comes to like gambling strategy um you know I'd be interested to hear kind of your take on it what kind of things you look at if it's more just like a feel for the game if it comes down to numbers um but like today I saw a stat that 91 percent of the public money was coming in on the Seahawks and so Bart and I were like, oh, let's fade the public there, hit the Rams, and it paid off for us. Uh, but I never really know what to do in that situation. Would would be interested to hear what uh, your take is there and how you kind of feel about that strategy. Yeah, so I, I feel like you're setting me up right now. You're throwing me a, you're throwing me a lot. I feel like you and, you and other Andrew might have talked before this pod. So I, I had $10 to win $600. <laughs> on uh like a seven leg parlay all against the spread everything was looking good and uh the only one that i missed was seahawks plus two and a half. Oh no and, uh i mean I, I don't have that exact bet on me right now but it was basically a seven legger and i needed the seahawks to cover two and a half Ooh. well no you had that and then uh, I may be wrong here, but I believe the Bills were in that too. Who lost? The Bills were in it, but it was Bills plus two and a half, oh, and the Bills lost by two. Wow! Yeah. And so I wasn't even I wasn't even worried I wasn't even worried about that at all. That was totally fine. They don't kick they don't kick the extra point, which is great. But uh, yeah, I was a, I mean I'm from LA, and I was the biggest Seahawks fan in the world. Um, unfortunately, that didn't hit. But I mean, back to your question about strategy, honestly. I I leave the numbers up to Vegas, you know. I mean, the the lines are set what they are. They're running models. They got way more intelligence than what I can do. It's kind of it it's kind of more so on the field side. It's it's watching teams play. Okay, all right. I I like this matchup. I like this spot. Um and I, again, going back going back to the page, it's like people are looking for they're looking for s- some confidence, you know. They're looking for someone to agree with. And be like, okay, I like the Seahawks plus two and a half. D's like Seahawks plus two and a half. That's where I'm going to put my hard-earned money. Um, and that, I mean, I'd, I'd be bullshitting if I was saying I was running models. I was cranking the numbers. I was watching tape. Like, are you serious? We got, we got jobs and shit. Like, we're not, we're, we're not out here, like, actually watching tape and crunching numbers. So it's definitely more of a feel. And I, I think people just look for, look for some confidence with that, you know. I, I like what Dees is doing. I'm I'm a tail Dees. Hashtag. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're we're staying with it uh, with Dees for the foreseeable future after today and those uh those props. So I love it. Um, with I've heard a lot recently about uh, a unit size and kind of what that means. Um, and what what's your kind of standard unit size? Tell us a little about unit units and, and what your standard unit size is. Yeah, I, I mean, I I actually get this question a lot. Everyone's like, "What's two U? What's one U?" After after all the bets you place, um, 
basically I just try and like track like how much I'm placing my my unit and I'm open with it is just 25 bucks and it's two win two win 25 bucks whatever bet it is if I'm more confident it's going to get a two U very rarely you'll see three or four Ooh. um but that that's pretty much what it is for me um and it's just like it's just like to to even out the the playing field you know it's like not everyone has as much money as the next guy some people's units are a thousand bucks they're placing a thousand bucks on every bet no matter what but if you're confident about it put 2k on it you know for me where i'm comfortable with my financial situation it's it's going to stay 25 right now but that's pretty much where i'm at with 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 units I guess. Um, Absolutely. I mean, hey, you you may not be running models, but we see you in Excel. We know you're tracking the profits. Tracking it's a things. wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Like I, I, I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to track my units and make sure that I'm not like giving out L's. You know, there's nothing worse. Like I'd rather lose twenty bucks of my own money than tell someone to lose twenty bucks of their own. You know, I like if I'm if someone's hitting me in the DMs. What do you like tonight? Seahawks yeah. plus two and a half all day and they lose I'd rather pay I'd rather pay for them you know we've been there yeah, taking that L, it, on this own this own show actually leading the, the listeners and followers astray that's kind of what we're exactly for. yeah we could use uh, it for, uh, you guys hit a uh, masters masters uh who got kicked out of the masters or what was your bet it was like plus seven hundred for Horschel or something. Yeah, uh, will will a player uh, get disqualified, DQ'd, or kicked out? Um, it didn't end up happening, but see that again. A reason why you should not. Got to respect it though. That's the thing. That's why it was plus seven hundred. It's yeah. the Masters, dude. No one's getting kicked out of the fucking Masters. You never know, man. Bryson, yeah. Bryson has yeah. a bad shot there. Loses his cool a little bit. I mean, he was he was dizzy. His protein shakes are out. Yeah. Exactly. You never know. Good win. Like you mentioned, uh, so you're, you're the Seahawks away from cashing in, you know, winning 600 off that seven-leg parlay. Uh, what are some of the other just, you know, big bets, uh, some of your best gambling hits that, that you've had on the page? So, so yeah, I mean, Andrew, Andrew Barton and I, we, we kind of talked about this before, and, like, I was, like, going through all, like – betting stories i was talking to my friends about it too and honestly like there's nothing too crazy and i kind of blame y'all because i i i threw this ten dollars this see the seahawks bet this seven leg parlay that we're talking about i i was throwing ten dollars on p reed i was throwing ten dollars on xander i was throwing all these like little bets to like that were like plus thousands to try and like hit that bet and honestly i think it just goes back to my strategy like i I'm I'm more so play it play it safe, mm. and it's like yeah maybe that ten dollars turns into two hundred, but it's like at the end of the day you're really just lighting ten dollars on fire. Mm. It's like the chance of that the, the chances of that back to the Seahawks the fuck the fucking Seahawks, but the chances of that hitting are just pr- very low. And it's like okay like that ten dollars that's Chipotle that's mush tasteless mush. These is not a long shot guy. I take it. Yeah, and so I think it, it goes back to my strategy. I will say though, um, so I I won a DraftKings. I got first place freshman year um, with a five dollar thing. Funny story too, because it was my my freshman year in college. I was like, you know, like when we we go to college, we're like, all right, bye family. Like I'm I'm in college now. Like so, I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
And so I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm leaving the family, like I'm partying, whatever. And everyone at school ended up going to Thanksgiving, like going home. So I'm alone at SMU in my dorm eating McDonald's because everything's closed. Every restaurant is closed. And I was, I, I started, I actually like, I'm not being emotional. I kind of like started getting like, like teary eyed as I'm eating McDonald's because I couldn't find any food to get. Yeah. But I won my DraftKings, and it was like five to win five hundred dollars. And of course, you guys know how DraftKings goes. Once once your money's in that, you don't see, you don't see it. <laughs> so that five hundred dollars is unfortunately long gone. Um, but it made my Thanksgiving freshman year, while I thought I was a a college party beast, don't need family. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's probably the best story I got, honestly. I like it. That that qualifies, man. It turned out. It turned an otherwise dark. The McFlurry was fire. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope I hope your uh, your Thanksgiving this year is a little better. But um, always go home. Like that. Yeah. Always go home. That's yeah. that's a lesson learned from that. Not to, not bet on DraftKings. Just go home. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice there. Uh, so looking forward with the page, um, you know, what do you see the, the future of the page looking like? What are you like, what's your ultimate goal for the page? You know, are you just looking to keep throwing out winners and helping people out? Or do you see it, you know, really taking off and, and are you trying to grow it? What, is, what does the future look like for it? Yeah. I mean, for right now, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to place my bets. I'm, I'm trying to help people out. I'm going to, I'm going to post what I'm, is what I'm posting. <laughs> um immediate goals i want to get to a thousand i'm gonna get to a thousand followers we're, we're getting close we're about eight about eight eight thirty um and uh once we get to a thousand maybe maybe i'll start selling picks and if i were to sell picks my my kind of business strategy for that is you give me twenty dollars you get my picks and if you don't win if you lose then i give you your 20 back so I, I I think that's like not not a bad business model. It's like yeah. kind of betting on yourself, and people are paying you for picks, and if you make them lose money, you're giving them your your twenty dollars back. You know, you're not just taking the money and running like oh like tail D's next time. <laughs> so that that's that's kind of kind of the immediate goals. Um, but like like I've said, I mean this is this is kind of started off as like a little joke thing and and it's, it's kind of grown and I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. You know, I mean, same with y'all. It's like people think, Oh yeah, it's like, it's easy to be start a podcast. Like Joe Rogan, look at Joe Rogan. It's like, he did that shit for like 20 years, you know, every single day. Yeah. So just one of those things, just keep, keep growing, keep grinding. And, uh, I don't know, doing, doing good for, for the followers. So that, that's pr- pretty much it, I guess. For yeah. The I love the paid picks idea. Um, I think that that makes a lot of sense and uh, you know, we could definitely use you on point of drew on a recurring basis just to to give some to give some accurate locks for once for a change for the listeners because uh, what Z and I've been tossing out has exactly been, uh, we have struggled. been a lead but uh but <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I got you guys I mean if if, 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 if this is going to be a you know every couple weeks thing special guest D's if your followers want to want to win some money um, obviously yes and, uh we heard we heard a rumor um there may be some there some merch headed headed uh headed your way sooner at least your listeners way uh any fire collabs you expect coming up for for these bets 
that that is true that that rumor is true um so yeah one of one of my followers um prince prince shirts and and stuff and so he was like just like you know um i do prints and stuff and i just randomly responded i was like xxl white hoodie american flag right sleeve these bets on the front fully like printed it out ready to go and i was like i i need six of them so i'll send one y'all's way for having me on the pod let's go um i might have to send two now that me and other andrew are are kind of boys now barton barton was honestly barton was honestly the only guy that was getting one but i might i might have to i might have to go your way too christmas is coming up so you know my dad's getting one my dog's getting one no i'm just kidding uh, but yeah, so so we got got some icy white hoodies coming out, um, but we're just going pre- preliminary run right now. I gotta make sure that it's not like drawn on cran yeah. these bets. Right, not not to gas <laughs> for, for everyone, but uh, but I've seen the design and, and these are pretty icy. They're pretty. Fun. They they look nice. When I've been messing with fools, saying they're Jordan brand. Those will be, I think those will be flying off the shelves. The, hey, uh, I love the uh, uh, followers just reaching out, grow the brand. Uh, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's about, you know? Yeah. And it, it was kind of cool. He was just like, yeah, like I do this. And I was like, yeah, give me something. And uh, so we got some on the way, just pre- preliminary, nothing, nothing crazy right now. I'll definitely be sending one year, two, right two away. Well, speaking, um, uh, speaking on business strategy too, and, and growing the brand, expanding the uh, the page and everything, um, do you have any plans to trademark the phrase "tail D's? Because that's that's a good one, man. The hashtag "tail D's. I know, I know. I I, I honestly, I think that in I get I get a lot of that. It's like in, in D's is kind of taken on a persona. People are like D's, like they refer to me as like, oh, who's D's got? And I like have my personal bets as well, which is a little like sometimes not as palatable as the, as the D's bets, but I'm like, Oh, like Dylan has this, but D's has this, right. which is more on like the safe. Cause I don't, I'm not trying to tell people to take L's, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think D's is very marketable. Yep. Um, kind of came from that, that D's, D's nuts. What was that? Like, like last election or something like he like got like 9% votes in Florida or, or something like that. Um, and I was like, Oh, I'm going to be D's bets. And uh, it, I, I like it. It's marketable, and I, I think that definitely. Uh, we'll see as, as we grow. Maybe, maybe I hit up the uh, U.S. Patent Office or wherever you get trademarked. But yeah, USPTO. We can. Uh, we oh, can okay. You guys got Pointy Drew. Is Pointy <laughs> Drew? Uh, we get. We get. We get the contacts. You got connects. We got connects to the USPTO. I. I. Is Pointy Drew? Is Pointy Drew trademarked? Uh, that's not, no. not, as, not yet, but that's, uh, we'll get, we'll get some bulk discount, you know, pull them together. I like that. I like that. We'll go point of drew these collab patent. <laughs> Absolutely. Trademark. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. Trademark the shit out of everything. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be awesome. I'll hit on my merch guy for you guys too. Yeah. There yeah, we go. Throwing connects out either way. Well, I love it. Well, well, let's wrap things up here. Monday Night Football um, going to be dropping. This episode is going to be dropping Sunday evening, so t- tomorrow night. Who you got, these? These, these got Minnesota minus three. 
I'm going with uh, I, I'm going with uh, the Vikings. I uh, I think they're gonna get done. I think the Bears are kind of a little fake news, and uh, I I think they're gonna be all right. I you got Sim Cousins. He wears a wedding ring. Only I think he's the only I think he's the only quarterback in the league that rocks a, a wedding ring. Yeah. Sim Cousins. He might be. Yeah. Right. He might honestly be. Look that, actually, look that up. But, like, I mean, hey, he's he's loyal to his wife. You think his wife is like, yo, you weren't wearing the wedding ring in the game today. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I imagine Kurt, she would kind of own Kurt in that category. So, it's really – it's non-negotiable. It's not up to him. Probably. Is she hot? I don't know. Oh, I can't imagine so. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Multi-millionaire. For some reason, I can't imagine so. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd probably wear the wedding ring for that too. But yeah, I'm going with Simp Cousins and the Vikings, minus three, D stamp of approval. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. If you wear a wedding ring, you better fucking win. Yeah, hey, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, you know, we're looking for the listeners know. Go throw down Vikings minus Ride three. Ride the bikes. Tail D's, tail D's, baby. Uh, last tail D's. Last question. Um, so to, to start every episode of the Point of Drew podcast, we do what we call Jersey Corner, uh, where we, uh, you know, pick the best athlete that had ever worn uh, the jersey numbers corresponding with the number episode we're on. Tonight is our number 10 episode. We need to hear from you who is the best athlete to ever wrap the number 10 jersey. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I know you guys are both from Kansas city. When you say best athlete, that also gets Tyreek Hill into the question because he is a, he's a phenomenal athlete. When you say best sports player, that brings up a different question. I want to say Messi, but after tonight, after today, I guess, if you saw Deandre Hopkins catch, that guy's an absolute stud shuts his mouth, does his job. I'm going with D hop best athlete. Number 10. That's that's my take on that. I love it. You can't argue with that after today. I mean, you can't. You can't. The guy doesn't drop the ball. He does his job. That's all you can ask. Prayers up to those Bills players in their in their family <laughs> yeah. after tonight, man. Uh, and anyone who took the uh, Bills money line as well. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, hey, we really appreciate having you. Uh, before we let wait, you wait, 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 wait. Hold got, on. We got a little something for the listeners because. From my understanding, that, that props you went five for six, so, so a little shoot. To highlight to highlight what me and Barton had, we went Sunday night prop bets. If I turned a a profiting card, then I didn't have to do a shoey. I ended up going what five or six or six for seven. I think it's six for seven. I think yeah, it could have been six for seven. Only Whatever. One. Anyway, I missed one and won some good money. And uh, I've kind of been begging them to do a shoe, and I think that I think the the viewers deserve it, and I think we got to do it. Absolutely, let's see it. Uh, <laughs> this is let me clear out the electronics right now. <laughs> Here we go. And for the listeners who who aren't prepared or don't know what a a shoey is, you're about to find out. But it's a it's an Aussie tradition. Um, and and, and for the legends only. So Dee's is about to bring it here live on the point of Drew. We uh, we'll be posting the video on uh, on the socials too, so uh, you can, you guys can probably catch the video there. Got to do it. Don't show my mother. Shout out to uh, Chaz and Netiful, where I, where I got this from. Got my uh, wish threes, wish Zoom boost threes. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Just hitting the soul. Oh, here he goes. These. <laughs> there it is. The chewing. Bachaza. Bachaza, man. It's like five miles. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. All day. Let's go, Dees. Well, that was uh, that was epic. The first ever Chewy um, live on the point of Drew. Absolutely. Everybody go follow the man. Let's Bats, do it. Bats on Instagram. We'll throw you some locks. But we appreciate you uh, hopping on, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, and, and, and good luck to you guys. I, I, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. Keep it up, you know. Roommate built in one day. Just keep doing it. 100%. And I, I'm looking forward to being back here again. Yes, sir. We'll have you back on soon, but thanks again, Dees. Um, keep throwing the, the lockage the listeners' way, and uh, we'll see you here soon. For sure. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Later. All right, Drew Thurs. That is a wrap for episode 10. Uh, stay tuned this week. We Stay tuned in this week. We have some big news coming up um, probably around Tuesday regarding an upcoming guest, and uh, really excited to, to share that with all of you guys. Absolutely, we're pumped for that. Um, pumped that you guys listen. Thanks again to uh, these bats for coming on. Um, as always, go like, rate, review, subscribe, uh, follow us on socials, hit us up. But uh, appreciate you guys listening. We will be back next week. Um, yeah, fire stuff coming. We'll see you guys soon.